5 5 5 5 5 5 where Chris and Leslie are here, as always, brought to you by thinkthendo.com. Boy, we got some hot stuff coming out. We were just designing art and all that stuff earlier today. God, Leslie has great ideas. There's a lot of things behind those big old beautiful eyes of hers. With that being said, we can jump right into today's episode. Leslie, we're on the health topic. So how was your Dylan James pizza from Mod? Mm. Well, I got Sri Rancha on it, so mm-hmm. the Sri Rancha was good. The Sri Rancha. Yep. Dylan James, it's like margarita, add pepperoni. I don't think this is for relevant like for the podcast. Eight or nine bucks. It looks, it smells so good. As many toppings as you want. Yeah, I'm fasting again, Metabolic Monday, and I, I'm telling you, I get superhuman smelling every single time. Like, we had a, some old burgers in the fridge, and I was going to reheat them up, and they just smelled like a, like a, a calloused foot. Have you ever smelled like a calloused man foot in a sock? I have not. Boot all day? Yeah, that's what that smelled like. It wasn't good. But that Dylan James smelled delicious. Yeah, it's because it was fresh, more fresh than, mm-hmm. you know, five-day-old Burger King. Yeah. You're fresh off of a Dylan James and fresh off of a Sorcerer's Stone. Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone, and I've honestly, I haven't seen this much fire in you. Like, this is literally the recipe for a Leslie that is just ready to take on the world. Are you trying to be sarcastic? I'm not being sarcastic. Feels you, like you are. You have such a smile on your face. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's like, this is, you gotta, self-care is so important, all right? And well, my, my... baby knows how to do it. Yes, my belly is full, not with flatulence. But with Dylan James, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're disgusting. And? I'm going to find out who Dylan is. The Sorcerer's Stone. It's my favorite movie. All time. Harry P. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. No pun intended again. J.K. Rowling, that dirty dog. I didn't even do that. Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> uh, all right, so tomorrow starts the 5 a.m. gym <laughs> sessions. It has been several months because I feel like they've dwindled back to 6 a.m., then to 7. So we want the 5 a.m. We're going to kickstart our day. You know what? I'm curious about if if it's just us or... Are there other people who experience the same thing? Because for a while we were going to bed at, this is going to sound crazy, but we were preparing at 8 p.m. nighttime routines. Mm -hmm. Kitchen was already cleaned. We were turning off the lights. It was beautiful. We were wide awake and ready to go at 5 a.m. I remember the sun wouldn't even be out and we would be walking the dogs. We'd have 6 a.m. conversations with your dad just to say good morning. That was so, that is true. Mm-hmm. We'd be we'd be done with the gym. We'd come back. We'd walk the dogs before I even would have a work meeting. So my question is, is it just me? Is it us? But uh, once you fall off a routine, it's really hard to get it back. Yeah. Because 
Then the weekend hits. Now we want to stay up to 11. Now we're sleeping in until 10. Well, the hardest part's always starting. I always go kicking and screaming the first couple days of the 5 a.m. gym, and then all of a sudden you just stop thinking about it. I was just wondering, are we getting older? And that's why it's harder to get back into routine. I don't know. I would say you fall into routines more as you get older. Now we're falling into the routine of not going to the gym at 5 a.m. You know? Like, we're, you're always in a routine. It's just we have to break the chain of the habit of not going. You know what's crazy? I used to love weekends. Mm-hmm. And now I hate them because there's barely any routine. Yeah, it's like a disaster strike. It is. You got to go hang out with people, enjoy the weather. That's not to say you can't hang out with people and enjoy the weather during the work week. I try being extra creative in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use that as like my creative day along with my Mondays. <laughs> you know, you being extra creative in the kitchen is recipe for me being extra creative in the bathroom. <laughs> hey, I did come up with a new new good udon noodle made with lemon and some olive oil and rosemary and thyme with some salt and pepper. And you put butter in it. Just a little bit of butter. And it's good. It helps with the consistency. But yeah, it's really, it was really good. good. Speaking of yeah. creativity in the bathroom, uh, one thing I would say that I think is really important is getting your blood work checked every year. Mm-hmm. I just had a metabolic panel done, and I realized my bilirubin levels were elevated. Um, so I may have to be seeing a gastrointestinal doctor here soon. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just a checkup on your GI tract, which is from your mouth to your anus. (laughs) Well, when you say it that way, I have to laugh. (laughs) It's true, though. Yeah. So I went to, just speaking what you said from your mouth to your anus, Mm -hmm. when we were seeing Dr. Kim, good old Dr. Kim. That wasn't the time he told you your mouth smelled like shh. Was it? No. Okay. Dr. Kim, if you guys don't have a Chinese medicine man, you got to find one that's like Dr. Kim. This guy fixed me up. I don't think they'll ever find one like Dr. Kim. Yeah, this guy's... Never met anything or anyone like him. Very special. Mm -hmm. But he was able to correlate my weak ankles at the time, which they are still a little weak because I'm still working with some like gut issues. (laughs) But he... um... You should see a man walk with weak ankles. (laughs) (laughs) They're not like petite, weak. <laughs> I'm just saying, like they just don't feel. I I've, I lost some traction on my cuts, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm super fast. Mm-hmm. And anyways, uh, apparently it had to do with my gut. And and overall, when you're fasting, uh, and you have an intermittent fasting diet and all that stuff, it's it happens where you get this constipation or where your bowels just don't move regularly because there isn't enough soluble and insoluble fiber to help move things along and also if you have a lot of meat in your diet a lot of that gets absorbed in your small intestines so there really isn't a lot left over to really pass through your intestines but anyways can you repeat that please you're talking about meat passing over into your intestines and not having enough to pass over into the small intestine can you just yeah yeah so so the meat When you eat meat, it's extremely bioavailable, so it gets absorbed in your small intestines very easily. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, there there isn't anything left to be passed through. The things that that don't get digested is what you poop out. 
Mm-hmm. So since meat gets almost all of it gets absorbed, there isn't a whole lot to poop out. So if you eat a lot of meat, you probably won't poop that much. Well, you know, some people's bodies might intake meat a little differently. Let's say someone's gallbladder or liver aren't working appropriately. So yes, mm-hmm. you know, the small intestine would digest and metabolize the meat. But let's say that it doesn't metabolize the fats. Right. Then so they'll you, start experiencing diarrhea, mm-hmm. dark colored stools. Which can completely happen for sure. Flatulence, which is farting. Yep, farting. And that's when, so you're saying like when the bile isn't working hard enough or not working good enough to or break down all. everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what your gallbladder mm-hmm. does. Your gallbladder and your liver. Nice. They work with the bile. Well, I'm into that and I know I, I need to perfect my gut right now and and getting the move I, I just need to perfect the movement in my bowels okay well it would start from your mouth and then it would end up at your anus yeah i'm going to start in my mouth <clears throat> i want to start with the enemas again honestly i mean i've never done one you know you could start at the anus and end in the mouth shout out to our friend scott okay because <laughs> he was really curious <laughs> shout out scott about the constipation and Scott, you just got to get that yearly blood work. Mm-hmm. Get it. Honestly, we're so get the get the blood work. See how your gallbladder and liver are functioning, and then also you can take inventory on the things that you're putting in your mouth. So when it comes to uh, a ratio, going back to the ratio of your proteins to carbohydrates, and then how, what's the quality of those carbohydrates? You know, because there is a difference. Between eating cardboard cereal and, you know, a a nice, fibrous, starchy uh, sweet potato. I'm glad you clarified. I was going to ask. I'm not sure if you wanted to add more, but I will say it's definitely important to keep in mind that the metabolism is a chemical process. And it needs to happen to maintain living life. So if your liver gallbladder, all these things aren't working properly, then you risk death. Absolutely. Death and weak ankles. Yeah, your weak ankles are definitely due to your (laughs) anus, for sure. Uh, Knocked them out. I knocked those ankles out in part of your anus. So thank you for knocking out my anus. I mean, my ankles. Same thing. So we talked about the gym. We talked about metabolism. Slim gyms? Slim gyms. That's another story. We're going to be talking about getting your your meats gymmed. It's important. But really it's just breaking out that health because I'm trying to break out health into a couple different like subcategories that wouldn't be all-encompassing of health. So there's your movement, your nutrition, and preventative care. You know, and I'm going to... We'll continue to like kind of work out these thoughts. I'm trying to operate or create some sort of framework for us to kind of work in or work through that can make sure that we touch all the all the points. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Movement is very important. If you don't use it, you lose it, and that's real. And I don't necessarily mean like the movement of rock climbing. I'm more talking about your stretches and 
you know, ensuring that your range of motion is intact. All mm -hmm. of that is actually very important, and it'll seem minuscule, but uh, if you don't do those stretches, then you'll start to realize that things, your joints start to feel stiff in your muscles, and it's harder to move. Now you're hearing things crack and pop. Well, and the other sweet thing, we got a new pull-up bar. So if you're struggling with moving in the house, set up your environment to where you have to move. So right when you walk into the office, you're faced with a pull-up bar. Why not do some pull-ups or do some, some leg lifts? And then when we were walking into the garage, there's a hangboard where you can just work on your grip and just there's a jump rope just hanging up on the wall. And it's like we were always enticed to move throughout our entire home. I think it's continuing to grow like that. Like there's resistance bands, there's foam rollers. Right, but let's be honest. You know, I don't want the audience to think that we're in here just doing gymnastics. That's not <laughs> the case. That's not the case, but so, I know I did like 30 pull-ups today. Like, so randomly. I do want to say, you know, sometimes you don't always feel like doing those things, but hopefully by looking at them in your home, it'll help entice you to move more. Yeah. Don't, don't buy the treadmill to hold your clothes. I will say I did only two pull-ups yesterday, and today I did five. Beast mode. Great ratio. That's sick. Yeah, and no, not the treadmill. Um, I have seen treadmill-type desks. Uh -huh. uh, they're more like bikes, like a bike desk. Those guys are freaking losers. You're a loser. They got time to bike. They got time to... Hike. Yeah take a hike you set up your kitchen that's an that's an environment too that's a health environment and then your whole house is just your other playground you know oh speaking of health and environment let's talk about the importance of cleanliness that's also a part of health absolutely i think you should start i now wash my hands before i cook and after i cook and during cooking and I wash my hands when I come into the house from being outside. And I wash my hands before bed. I also wash my hands before I shower. I wash my hands before hugging and touching Leslie. Um, I wash my hands <laughs> after playing with the dogs. Wow. And I wash my hands after using... The toilet, number hey, one pause. and number two. Um, do you cook? Uh, yeah. You're like a, this newfound chef, right? Your wife loves it. Uh-huh. She's living the dream. That's what she told me. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. So. That's what that, she told you? Yeah, that's what uh -huh. she told me. So that being said, mm -hmm. you're forgetting the biggest... One of the biggest reasons you should be washing your hands. I am washing my hands for not only my health, but for my wife's health. Right, right, right. Let's cut that part out. You're missing my drift. What's the drift? <laughs> Before you handle raw meat and after you handle raw meat. I said that. And we are now, we've purchased. I said I wash my hands before I touch you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you didn't mention it. It's I very did. important. It was the first one I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And also, after you touch raw meat, so you're not touching a sink, a door handle, and a fridge handle. 
all at oh, the same yeah. time with, yep. with your nasty hands. Yeah, because if not, your wife will go and clean all of the spices and the door handles, and you might have to bleach all the door handles at 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so, anyways. It's like that hand over hands. hand. It's, it's important. It's very important. I do too. I go through the ABCs twice almost every time. So, I did have some exciting news to share. This week, Leslie is opening up her Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm just looking for returns on my investments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. So if you're looking to do a Roth, you're under the age of 59 and a half or 50, then you can contribute up to $6,000 a year. All right, so Leslie's going to do $6,000 a year for the next 28 and a half years. Excuse me? Do you only expect me to be alive for 28 and a half more years? No, it's just, really, it's going to be 35 years. But the... uh, Oh, really? I'm only going to be alive for 35 years? No. I'm saying, actually, it's 37 years total. So... Okay, okay, okay. You giving me a time limit? Yeah, so... Yeah. So you're going to invest $6,000 a year, getting an average of a 7% return, and 37 years later, you'll be a millionaire. Guaranteed. Cha-ching! Woohoo! Millionaire. And the neat thing about the Roths is that you can pull out your contributions and not get penalized up to the age of 59 and a half. Cha-ching! So by that time, that'd be, say you contributed $100,000 and that was worth like $700,000 at the time, you'd be able to pull out $100,000 and not get taxed. Cha-ching! Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And... The neat part, too, is it's only going to cost you $220,000 of a contribution to be a millionaire. I'm with it. That's dope. Sign me up. So we are. We're signing you up. We're going to use Fidelity. Where's the waiver? Do I have to sign a waiver? No. We're just going to we're gonna. It's do like it. at your own risk. No, it's not even a risk. It's like you're just putting your money in. There's always a risk. You'll be you'll be able to even take out. So you put six thousand dollars in, you, and you need six thousand dollars next year. There you is can take no six thousand dollars. There is no reward without a risk. Yeah. So this is a low risk, very very low risk, because all right. So this is the other piece. Okay. So if if you have money or you're making money in America, cha-ching. All right. Sweet. Your money, if you put it in a savings account, it essentially loses its value because of inflation and it, i think it only, you only get maybe like a 1% return like not even <laughs> if it's sitting in the in the savings account is that how marriage is no so <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by marriage inflation only 1% return on your investment it's not it's not a marriage at all it's not even doesn't even make sense. Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you sure? I'm positive. You've only been married a year. You're right. And it have it's yielded no return on my money yet. None. <laughs> None. 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 Because our taxes are taking forever to get in after filing jointly. 
Yeah. Be very careful with your errors on your taxes. Wait, I, I don't want to confuse this thought, though. So your money loses its value because of inflation if it sits in a savings account. So you might as well invest it. If you have a bunch of money, say you got millions of dollars and you just don't want to put it in the stock market, you should still invest it into gold or something because that doesn't depreciate. Just a thought. I'm also going to put some links in the show notes on a couple things. One, doctorofcredit.com, great place to look and find credit cards. Any type of credit card that you may need for your business or personal use or whatever. Two, if you guys want, if anyone needs a quick credit boost, there's two cards where you pay like this $100 fee and they'll accept you if you got bad credit, low credit, whatever. It's a $5,000 credit limit for myjewelersclub.com and a $5,000 credit limit at New Coast Direct. So just by spending $200, you can increase your credit limit for your score $10,000. Instant. Snap. That was sick. You got anything? Meow. (laughs) (laughs) So, I learned something unique that I talked to you about earlier, and it's the formula for how to be a little bit more assertive when you need to be. Mm. So why not break down some modes of conversation to a memorable formula? So say Leslie is all jonesed up on some pre-workout and I forgot to take the pre-workout and I'm not moving fast enough for her. And I'm at the squat rack. She needs a squat rack. And so I observe that, hey, you know, you're a little bit jittery. Uh, You took the pre-workout. I know you want the squat rack. Yeah, what's next? <laughs> I'm no, I, I, I noticed that you're in a rush. Okay. So how about... Let's reenact this. You want to reenact it? Yeah. All right. Here all right, we go. Right, right. Here we go. Ugh. Ah. Just finished the set. Tink. Hey, what's up, you Ponzi? Uh, hey, I... Hey, what, what's going on? You're either working or you're passing, man. You ain't stuttering. Gl- I'm I'm working out. I'm going. I'm just a little slow. I don't need explanations, man. How long are you gonna be? Look, I see that you're you're rushing. You're you're flexing right now. I'm just warming up. This is my warm up set. Uh, I see you're busy. You look like you're already almost done with your workout. But if you just give me three more minutes, then it'll uh, it'll be yours. I'm sorry, so you assume that someone who's in a rush has time to listen to you say all that? (laughs) I got nervous. I'm just working this formula out, all right? First, you have to observe. (laughs) Observe the behavior. You notice it and be empathetic to what it is that they're doing, maybe what they want. Maybe this wasn't the best example. But then, at the end, you offer up some sort of solution. So it's like, you notice, you you speak the truth. You do me, you do me. Use what I used. Call me a Ponzi. I'm not calling you a Ponzi. <laughs> I liked it. Sup, skinny tits? <laughs> you almost done? 
Excuse trying to bench. Excuse me? Uh, I said, what's up, skinny tits? Are you almost done? I'm trying to bench. Based off of the size of your tits, it looks like you've never benched. I'm going to be here for about 10 or 15 more minutes. <laughs> Take a hike. <laughs> And that is how you could be assertive and dominant to a beta male at at the gym. And Leslie clearly is 20 times better than me at being assertive. I, this is a thing that I am working on. <laughs> What's your favorite part? Because <laughs> you're cracking up. Uh, I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we were just reenacting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to get out. <laughs> I only had two more things. Scram. Did, is there anything that, that you needed? No. Anything that was on your mind, jogging? <clears throat> Not at the moment. One thing... I will mention that's different from the two things. This is a bonus. I actually have something. Remember when we used to live in our parents' houses growing up and they'd be like, don't touch the thermostat. Yeah. Like, I used to get threatened with a whooping. Yeah. If I went anywhere near the thermostat. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, it's freaking cold in here it's freaking hot in it's here. a responsibility i didn't i don't want and they were like oh you cold put some more clothes on put some socks on put your gloves on like just mm -hmm. in the house right i'm like this is ridiculous smart so then i go you know live on my own just messing with the thermostat right you come back with a 188 dollar bill it's like what where'd mm -hmm. this come from right so the trick is if you're going to mess with the thermostat, if you're going to decrease or increase those degrees, only do it by two. They yeah. tell you that all the time. They, they'll tell you that on your freaking electric company yeah. page. They want to save you money, too. It's real. It's a <laughs> mm -hmm. real thing. That's yeah. it. You know, honestly, you have been stellar at controlling the thermostat for years now. Honestly. like I, I don't even touch it. I don't want to be... I'm always just fine with whatever it is. Yeah, and I'd and yell at you if our bill... Leslie, you're hot, then you're cold, then you're hot, then you're cold. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like... I would yell at you if the it, bill was too much. In the bill. I just feel like... But we've been doing good it. because we were, like, at 50 to 80 bucks for all that. The house has been very month. cozy. Love it. Mm -hmm. We've been using the windows lately. You know, it reminds me, though. You, so, you had to learn that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, because... You had to learn. Like, how long, what, what did it take you to learn? Uh, paying a really high bill. A really high bill. You're like, all right, well, God, what is this mm -hmm. then? So what, I, what I've noticed just over the years, there's a couple people like where they call it like the 20-hour the rule, or you can do like the 80-20 Pareto principle. You going to elaborate what 80-20 Pareto principle is? Yes. I just want to say um, Sorcerer's Stone is on pause. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to get back to my beloved Harry P. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get back to that Harry P. 
You're going to get back to it with me? I'm going to get back to the Harry P with you. I would love that. Um, so the Pareto Principle is named after the esteemed economist Wilfred Pareto, and it specifies that 80% of consequences come from 20% of the causes, asserting an unequal relationship between inputs and outputs. Mm-hmm. But the unique thing about Pareto Principle is that it, it can be identified anywhere, anywhere and everywhere, pretty mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. in your life. So... So 20% instance, of your decisions will yield 80% of the consequences. Exactly. Very well put. When you combine that with an idea like the 20-hour rule, mm-hmm. so this guy's thought was if you put 20 hours worth of work into learning the guitar, he actually learned the ukulele, mm-hmm. right? And he would do like 45 minutes a day for a month, something like that. And by the end of it, he was proficient, like better, way better than an average person. And what he actually did was his strategy, like he found uh, a string of chords that were literally a part of like thousands of songs. And he was able to play like in his TED talk, he played like 80 songs or whatever. And uh, there are different variations that all sounded similar. But I take this into everything I do. It's like, hey, let me just put in this quick, like, 20 hours of time or just this, like, what are the first, like, built essential building blocks that I can do now that will make me way better than the average person or just way better than just not knowing. So it all, everything just always kind of sucks at the beginning. Mm-hmm, and then it starts, sure. then it starts to get fun. Just like our 5 a.m. gym session. The electric bill. Just like the electric bill. Um, but anyways, like that thought there helped me resonate with a neat little quote that I got from J. Cole, the rapper today. And this was like on a documentary or something. And <laughs> let me guess. It's a cold world. Cold world. No, it's, it's not that, but close. And he was saying how, you know, don't get so worked up on, on starting. Right. And it's. It's just it's just the first line, you know. Trust that it'll lead to a second line and the third and a fourth. So his his point of of that little quote was that he would get worked up in writing the line, saying like, "Oh, the first line sucks. Like, oh, that's garbage. It's trash." But he started just having a different relationship with the first line and just saying like, "Hey, this is the process of starting. Mm-hmm. In order to do anything, you got to start." So I think that's the point. I wrote a poem the other day. Can I hear it? Let me see if I can find it. Is that how your poems are, too? It's like, just start? Yeah. Just write a word, two words? Three. Um, so I start with a sentence. When I do my sketches, I always start with a line. Hmm. And I just see where that takes me. And you're not allowed to erase at all. And just keep working off that line. All right, I found it. All right. No length of time can remove the pain obtained when God called you home. As the years continue to pass, our days still remain a little more alone. It is written, do not lean on our own understandings and let not your hearts be troubled, often reminded due to the constant struggles. While death is inevitable, our feelings are still creditable. 
and our ties and love to you will forever remain inseparable. These aren't easy conversations, and I know we're miles apart. Please always know you can call us. You're forever in our hearts. Ah, that's nice. I thought so. But even with that poem, I had a different sentence in the beginning, and the first sentence became the third sentence, and the third sentence became the second sentence, and vice versa. You just mm-hmm. put it all together in the end. It all just boils down to starting. And it's like, change your relationship to starting, and I'm sure you'll accomplish a hell of a lot more. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a poem about our loved ones who are now deceased, we've experienced deaths in our families and how the whole entire world has experienced death in this mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. So, you know, death is typically at least for me a really uncomfortable topic but um it's easy easier for me to talk about it when i write it out nice yeah the the way the brain expresses itself on a piece of paper on complex topics is always interesting and um there's a book i came across in the bookstore the other day and it's called the art of dying Yeah, I want that book. Yeah, and it's all about the, it changes our, it it lays out how Western culture has really lost the art of dying. And more people now than ever have been dying alone. There's a lack of community. There's everyone's dying in a hospital versus in their homes, that kind of stuff. And just because we keep on prolonging life as far as possible. Hmm. But I would say that death in our house, um, I would say your relationship has grown a lot. You've grown to be a lot more comfortable because we talk about it a lot and often because we know we're going to be faced with more and more loss and just in our lives. So it's. I feel like we... It's awesome that we talk about it as much as we do. And, you know, we're not, I don't think we get uncomfortable when we speak of it. Um, I would say that I've definitely made it a point to talk about more frequently because growing up, it wasn't discussed much. And then when I did lose someone that was really close to me, AKA my father. Um, you know, you just, it was just like, how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? How do you cope if death was never a spoken topic? You know, you don't know what to do. So for me, that's my way of working through it now. We were only trained by Disney videos. Exactly. Which weren't that bad. But it's a... Uh, Look, I didn't have cable, so I was on PBS Kids. Oh, right? PBS never talked about death. Are you kidding me? Lion King. Lion King opened with the hardest death scene ever. You're the sh- loss of his father. You're right. But, um, dude, PBS Kids had Arthur and the big comfy couch. Yeah, exactly. So Arthur never lost a finger. He never lost a dad. Arthur almost walked into the girls' bathroom. He's a pervert. It was by mistake. He was missing his glasses. Look, I just feel as though we have begun to celebrate our loved ones, our lost ones, 
our own lives and our own too soon to be journey to the abyss and it's great and i'm glad i'm doing it with you amen sister i love you so I love much you. Well, it looks like it's time for that Harry P. Now time that for that Harry P. It's because of the way you're looking at thank, me. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Like, subscribe, share it with your friends, uh, and have a great week. Try hard. Do something new. Get uncomfortable. All right. Bye. So we shared some of our latest research trends. We've tried not to offend, and we didn't make any promises about how much time of yours we'd spend. So share this if you found the information useful. Otherwise, screw it. We know it was futile. You're a fucking beast. I love you. <laughs>